I'd like to read uh, three passages of Scripture, all in uh, John's Gospel. The first one in John chapter uh, 9, which is on page 1281, if you've got the same translation. I I only want to really focus on one verse, but I will read um, from verse 1, because just to get a bit of context. John chapter 9 and verse 1. And as Jesus passed on, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he should be born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be manifested in him. I must work the works of him that has sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made a mud of the spittle and put the mud as ointment on his eyes. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is interpreted sent. He went therefore and washed and came seeing. The neighbours therefore and those who used to see him before that he was a beggar said, is not this he that was sitting and begging? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but he is like him. He said, it is I. They said therefore to him, how have thine eyes been opened? And he answered and said, a man called Jesus made mud and anointed mine eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. And having gone and washed, I saw. They said therefore to him, where is he? He says, I do not know. And if we could turn back a couple of chapters to John 4. And we'll start at verse 28. The woman then left her water pot and went away into the city and says to the men, come see a man who told me all things I had ever done. Is not he the Christ? They went out of the city and came to him. And then finally, John chapter 19, which is on page 1296. John chapter 19 and verse 1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers, having plaited a crown of thorns, put it on his head and put a purple robe on him and came to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews, and gave him blows on the face. And Pilate went out again and says to them, Lo, I bring him out to you. Ye may know that I find in him no fault whatsoever. Jesus therefore went forth without wearing the crown of thorn and the purple robe. And he says to them, Behold the man. When therefore the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify, crucify him. Pilate says to them, take him, ye, and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. I want to talk tonight about a man called Jesus. He's a man that is my saviour. And even though I have led him down many, many times, he's never let me down. I know in this room there are many that can also point to him as their saviour. This man called Jesus. But I wonder tonight, dear friend, whether you can do the same. Whether you can point to him and say, that is my saviour. 
Because that's what this gospel message goes out. That's the reason. So that every single person in this room tonight can come into the same blessing. To know their sins forgiven. To have peace with God. To be given the indescribable gift of being given the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us. To be given a hope. That's all available tonight if you come to know this man called Jesus. As I said, he's my saviour. And the big question tonight, you need to ask your heart, is is he yours? You know, there are many different um, passages throughout the whole of the Gospels, different people coming to Jesus with in lots of different contexts. Some needed healing like this man. Some came on behalf of others. But every single one of them that came to Jesus, first of all, he never turned them away. And second of all, when they came to Jesus and had that interaction with Jesus, their lives were never the same again. You know, my story, if you like, is different to the way perhaps that if you're a Christian sitting here today, that you came to know Jesus. You speak to people after who you know to be Christians, they'll tell you a different story to mine about how they came to know this man called Jesus. My story is a rather bizarre one that I was listening to, Treasures of the Snow cassette tape. And what can only have been the Spirit of God suddenly put on me the need that I was a sinner and that I needed a saviour. And your story, if you're a Christian sitting here today, may be very different. You know, the the, the running theme throughout every single Christian's testimony is that they had an interaction with the Lord Jesus Christ. And dear friend, tonight I want to ask you, do you know Jesus? Have you come to him? Have you repented of your sins? Do you know him as your saviour? This man's life here was never the same again. He was blind and he could see. That's what the Bible talks about. It's, it, we, we, we talked in the reading this afternoon about black and white and about how Scripture often teaches us things in contrast. There is no bigger difference than being once blind and now being able to see. But that is, dear friend, what can happen to you when you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that though you are dead in trespasses and sins, you can be made alive. Though you are afar off, you can be brought nigh. Though you are lost, you can be found. Though you are without hope, you can have hope. Though, though your heart is desperately wicked, it can be made new. Though you are a sinner, you can be brought in and be found as a son. What a privilege it is to be able to speak on my, on my part, it's a privilege to be able to speak about this wonderful man who has made such a difference in my life. And dear friend, tonight I have a desire that he would make the same difference in your heart and in your life. He's there, he's ready, he's waiting. And all that is required on your part tonight, dear friend, is to come in repentance and come in faith. You know, this man here, in John 9, there's lots that's been said many, many times about this, this chapter in John 9. And 
I certainly cannot add to anything that's already been said. But what a picture it is of a sinner coming to Jesus and having their sins completely washed away and being made brand new. It, it, we have here, there's, a, there's a, a crowd, there's certainly the disciples there, you get a crowd later on in the chapter. But for a, for a moment in time, it was as if it was just Jesus and this man. And dear friend, that's what it's got to be for you tonight. You are sitting in a room full of people. And yet Jesus is interested in you individually. And dear friend, tonight you must come to him individually. There's no use. Well, I say there's no use. It's a, it's a very blessed thing to be brought up in a Christian home. And to be brought along to the meetings. And to be brought along to the preachings. But dear friend, you must come to know him yourself. You must have that personal interaction with the Lord Jesus. And you will find your life is never the same again. Though you are blind, you will be made to see. And it is all because of this man called Jesus. You might have heard a lot about him. You might even know a lot about him. You can probably talk to me or talk to others about how much you know about Jesus. But the key question is, do you know him? You know, dear friend, he certainly knows you. If we turn to John 4, come see a man who told me all things I had ever done. Again, a chapter of the Bible that has been very understandably spoken over time and time again. But this woman here came to the realisation, this is a man that's told me all things that I had ever done. You know, God knows everything about you. God knows everything about you. He knows your history. He knows the things you've done wrong in your life. He knows your sin. He knows the things that you've said and you've thought and you've done that are wrong. He knows everything about you. There is not a creature unapparent before him. He knows the thoughts in your head. He knows everything about you. And yet, dear friend, he loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And you know, that's a very well-known verse. But what a picture of God's grace and God's love going out towards you, the helpless and hopeless sinner. God sent his son. I said, come see a man, or the woman here said, come see a man. But you know, it was more than a man here. This was God's son. God sent his son, God's very best, to rescue you in your helpless and your hopeless position. Come see a man who told me all things. You know, the debt, the sin that you have must be paid for. It cannot be paid for by me. It cannot be paid for by you. It required God stepping into this world. We, we say God manifest in flesh, which is a bit of a tricky phrase sometimes to understand. God made known as, as a human. He came to this very earth as a man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, born here. You know, we have that hymn, don't we? Oh, strange yet fit beginning of all that life of woe in which thy grace was winning. Poor man is God to know. Just think about it for a moment, dear friend. What was done on your behalf 
so that you can come into blessing tonight. God sent his son. You read about it in Philippians, again, a chapter that's read and spoken about. And yet if you go home and read it tonight, really look at what that means. Jesus Christ emptied himself, came to this earth, found in the figure of a man, and then went to the cross. You know, all that has been done to secure you. Somebody that was in their natural state, an enemy against God. And yet God has commends his love to us. God demonstrated his love to you by sending his son while you were still a sinner. It is almost beyond words. It's certainly beyond understanding. And yet, dear friends, you can take it on board by faith to know that the Lord Jesus Christ was sent here on your behalf so that you can come into blessing. Dear friend, that's on offer tonight. That's the opportunity that you can take for yourself tonight to know this man called Jesus. Come see a man who told me all things I ever did. You know, John writes, doesn't he? These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And having believed, you may have life in his name. You know, we have a hymn, life alone is found in Jesus. Dear friend, tonight, have you found that life? Have you found that life? Or are you still dead in your trespasses and sins? Well, the opportunity goes out. The words from this desk, the preacher speaks again. So that you can come into that life. And I wonder, dear believer sitting here, how much of that life have we taken on board ourselves? Have we really got got hold of the life that can be found alone in the Lord Jesus Christ? I wonder, that's a challenge to me. But I wonder, dear friend... Have you found that life? Have you moved out of darkness into that most wonderful light? Well, it can be done not on your part. You can't affect that. It's done because of the worth and the work of a man called Jesus. You know, we speak often about the perfection that the Lord Jesus demonstrated in his pathway down here. Every step, every footstep, giving God fresh delight everything he did absolute perfection we touched on it this afternoon in him sin was not everything that was about the lord jesus was in total accord with what god wanted a man who did everything according to god's will god could look on the lord jesus christ and he could find his delight in him and in him alone there's nobody else The Lord Jesus stands unique, perfect in every way. And that's why, dear friend, he is qualified, if I can put it that way, to be an all-sufficient saviour for sinners. I can't save you. You can't save yourself. Parents, you can't save your children. But we can point to a man called Jesus who has done it all on that cross at Calvary 2,000 years ago. That's why I read in John chapter 19. I mean, when you read verses like this, what can you say about them? You think of the way they treated this perfect man. Crown of thorns, they spat on him. Purple robe. 
blows to the face. The terrible way that men treated the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet it's what followed after. His death and the shedding of his blood. That means that I can preach this gospel to you tonight. And that I have the assurance that my sins have been completely washed away in that precious blood. And as I said, there's many in this room tonight that can attest to that same fact. But again, I raise the question, can you point to that blood and say that made my peace with God? Or is it something you just know about? Perhaps you can talk, talk about justification. You can talk about all the other words associated with Paul and Romans and everything else. You know, you know the terms. But I wonder whether you know the man. Because that's, that's the crux of it. Do you know a man called Jesus? The penalty on that cross was paid. The debt, my debt, my sins were taken away. Gone forever. The blood was shed and the Lord Jesus gave up his life on that cross so that I can go free. And I can testify to that. I have the assurance in my heart that my sins are gone because of what he did. And dear friend, you can have that same peace. You can have that same assurance in your heart tonight. God would desire it. God sent his son so that you can come into blessing. He's done everything. Nothing else can be done. God has given his all. He gave his son so that you tonight can know what it is to have that burden of sin removed and that you can come into newness of life because of what the Lord Jesus Christ did on that cross. You know, he hung there on that middle cross. You know, and even the, even the thief oh, had, to, had to attest the fact this man's done nothing wrong. Again, the perfection that was found in the Lord Jesus Christ. As he hung there on that cross, he lived a perfect life and he died and he was able to offer to God a perfect sacrifice. And dear friends, the wonderful good news, well, the whole thing is good news, but the extra good news is that Jesus Christ is no longer in the grave. He is risen and he has ascended and he's seated at the Father's right hand. That means that God was satisfied in that sacrifice. God was satisfied in the sacrifice that was made by the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, he is able to come out tonight in blessing. And we can, you individually, can have the assurance of knowing that if you come and in repentance, you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The foundation has been laid. God is able to righteously bless you tonight. Every requirement that God has, has been met entirely by that man on that cross so that you can come into blessing. What a, what a wonderful sense of peace. What a wonderful sense of security you can have tonight knowing your sins are not covered as they were in the Old Testament. They are gone and gone forever. Never to be brought up again. Dear friend tonight, that comes from knowing a man called Jesus. He's risen, he's ascended, and he's coming back. What a hope it is for a believer 
to know that one day, we touched on it again this afternoon, one day we will be like him. We will see him as he is. He will come. He will meet those that have put their faith and trust in him in the air. And they will be forever with the Lord. What a hope there is on the horizon. Nearer every day. What assurance we can have in our hearts that when you come to know Jesus as your saviour, he will not forget you. You will be taken. You will spend eternity with him. And for the meantime down here, not only does he want to be your saviour, he wants to be your shepherd, he wants to be your friend, he wants to be your guide as well in the, in the waiting time while we wait for that moment where we meet the Lord Jesus in the air. What an all-encompassing blessing is available in the gospel. If, if I just had to offer the, uh, the, the fact of sins being forgiven, that would be a message worth, worth talking about. But there is so much more than that. There's so much more to enjoy. We spoke earlier, life is there. Life to be found in Jesus is there to be taken hold of, to be enjoyed. All the things that God would want to bring us into are all found centred upon this man called Jesus. And you know, when we get to heaven, when we finally reach the other side, if you like, reach this, the, uh, the place where God is, we reach the we reach the the the, the place that the Lord Jesus uh, is 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 now in. You know what a thing that will be when we can stand uh, before Him and to worship Him and to praise Him throughout all eternity. What a hope we have! What a hope we have! Because it's all about this man called Jesus, and we will not be there because of anything I've done. Or anything you've done. I will be able to stand in glory one day. Because that man on the middle cross. Opened the way of blessing for me. And he can do the same for you tonight. You can have that assurance. of your, In your soul. Of knowing him as your saviour. And you can have that right now. That's available. He still stands. Jesus lingers still. It is for you he waits. I wonder if that's speaking to anybody specifically in this room tonight. Maybe you've sat in this room for many, many years. And Jesus is waiting. And today, tonight, is the night where you finally come to acknowledge your sin. And come into the warm embrace of knowing Jesus Christ as your Saviour. You know, it's a, it's a message. It's a message of hope. It's a message of good news. Good news for you, dear friend. Good news for sinners. And it's all centred around the man called Jesus. I wonder, dear friend, tonight, whether you know him. I pray that you may do so. Don't leave this room tonight without knowing him as your saviour. As I said, he's made the difference in my life. I've let him down more times than I can possibly count. He's never let me down. He never will let me down. He has been the anchor, he has been the rock, he has been the person that I have been able to put my faith and trust in time and time again. And he can be your, the same for you as well, dear friend, tonight. Most importantly, though, make sure that he is your saviour, a man called Jesus. Dear friend, I wonder whether you know him for his name's sake. Amen. Amen.